So now the topic of our our doctrine class is the ties that bind us. So on his journey to Damascus to persecute the Christians, he was blinded by a light from heaven shone suddenly about him. Then from the Bible we read, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? He asked. And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. In this first tribulation, Jesus shows himself as personally and intimately united to his disciples, whom Paul is persecuting. Later on, the doctrine of the mystical body of Christ, one of the central topics in St. Paul's preaching, would show this profound unity among Christians on, uh, on account of their being united to their head, who is Christ. From Corinthian, we read, if one part is suffering, all the rest suffer with it. If one is treated with honor, all the rest find pleasure in it. From our previous uh, doctrine classes, we have delved into the summary of our Christian faith, which we process in the Apostles' Creed. So we are now in the end portion of the creed. That is, I believe in the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins which is the topic of our doctrine class this afternoon. So in every church, all faithful members of the mystical body of Christ were classified as saints. So the word saint derived from Latin word sanctus, which means holy. Every Christian soul incorporated by baptism and he remains in a stable of grace, in a stable, in a state of grace is holy. This saint is the original meaning of the word. So nowadays, the word saint is limited generally to those who are in heaven. The church is a communion of saints. The community of all men who are baptized and become children of God. Saints here include the following. So we have the members of the church now on earth, those being purified in purgatory, and finally those already enjoy the vision of God in heaven. Communion of saints also refers to all who share in the holy gifts received from, received from God. So we have the faith, sacrament of the Eucharist as the center, the charisms or the endowment or extraordinary power given by the Holy Spirit. Example of these are the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, increased faith, gifts of healing, the miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, and even tongues, gift of tongues. So the word communion means union with. We believe that there exists a union, a fellowship among souls in whom dwells the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. So the fellowship for these members, no, as I said earlier, the fellowship includes, first of all, ourselves. 
members of the church here upon the earth. Our branch of the communion of saints is called the church militant. That is the church still struggling, still fighting against sin and error. Now, if we fall into mortal sin, we do not cease to be members of the communion of saints, but we are cut off from receiving graces from all the prayers, sacrifices, and good works of our brethren and of our own good works. But then when you go to confession and you're very sorry for your sins, you gain them back. So the souls in purgatory are also members of the communion of saints. Although the Holy Spirit is in them, they cannot see God face to face. There is finally the church triumphant. It's made up of all souls of the blessed in heaven. So these are the, the ones that are canonized. This, has, this is the everlasting church. Into it will be absorbed. After the last judgment, both the church militant and the church suffering will be absorbed by this church uh, triumphant. So the doctrine of the communion of saints remind us that the Catholic church is always a family. So it is a communion which takes on an invisible form in the community of faith, hope, and charity. So the souls in heaven, the saints, long to help onwards to heaven all souls whose precious value they now realize as never before. And if the prayer of a good man on earth has power with God, what more with God's heroes, God's intimate friends who enjoy beatific vision. The saints in heaven pray for the souls in purgatory and for us, in return, we should honor them and honoring them, we give all the glory to God. So as members of the communion of saints, we also pray for the souls in purgatory. We who are now on earth must also pray for and help the other as members of the communion of saints. We, we not only pray for material for their material needs of others, but most especially for their spiritual needs. We should always practice the virtue of fraternal charity in thought, word, and deed, which means no critical thoughts about others, no mean words, and most especially, totally avoid gossiping. So if you cannot say anything good about others, then just have to keep quiet. So we have to continue giving, doing good things towards others. We should perform spiritual and corporal work of mercy. I would show you a nice painting about it. And one of the authors that I ran through, she, he said, we dare not take lightly our responsibility here as to assure ourselves of permanent membership in the communion of saints. Now, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Christ has the power to forgive sins. That's as we can read in Mark 2. Then he passed it on to his disciples when he gave them the Holy Spirit to baptize and to forgive sins. When he said, receive the Holy Spirit, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, St. Peter urged the Jews to do penance and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the church then has two channels for the grace of forgiveness. The original sin with which we are all born are wiped away with the sacrament of baptism. Now for, the, for those committed after baptism, Christ instituted the sacrament of reconciliation. For our finale, I would like to share with you this video. Why do Catholics call on the saints? When you visit a Catholic church, you might notice that usually there are a bunch of statues of saints. The saints do not obstruct our view. They, in fact, point toward Jesus. In the saints, we see what the grace of God is able to accomplish in the life of a mere human being. The saints are his creation. To honor the saints, then, doesn't take anything away from God. It's similar to these examples. When I praise a painting, I'm praising the artist who painted it. Or when I praise a good meal, I'm praising the cook. To honor the saints then doesn't detract from the honor that is due to God alone. On the contrary, we praise in the saints the greatness of God and the power of his transforming grace. For whatever the saints are, they are through God. Now, not only do the saints not stand in our way, they even help us along on it. First, because they give us a concrete example of how to follow Jesus. And second, because they intercede for us with God. With intercession, it's like this. Jesus, of course, is the only mediator between God and man. But this is the intercession of the saints. After all, what did Jesus do on earth? He allowed people to share in his work. He entrusted ordinary people with his message. He lets us participate in his saving work. God isn't stingy here. On the contrary, he, who doesn't need man, wants him to share in his work. And why should this sharing in his work end with death? The saints are still alive in God, aren't they? After all, he's the God of the living, not of the dead. Those who are glorified by God are still a part of the church. We are connected to the church, the mystical body. They are our brothers and sisters in God. And if Holy Scripture calls upon us to pray for each other here on earth, how much more does this apply to those who have gone before us? So it indeed makes sense to call on the saints and ask their intercession. By the way, the veneration of saints above all the veneration of the Virgin Mary, is not merely a Catholic thing. We find it in all ancient Christian churches that go back to the apostles. We find it not only in the Catholic West, but also in the Orthodox East and in the Orient with the Greeks, Russians, Armenians, Copts, Ethiopians, Indians, or Syrians. The veneration of saints then is not only a Catholic thing, Christian thing ever since the earliest of times.